0: The League of Women Voters and the Recording Library of West Texas present Tall City Elections. Here are your hosts, Abby Wiggum and Trish Spate.
1: Hi, welcome to another episode of Tall City Elections podcast. My name is Abby. This program is dedicated to providing information about upcoming local elections as we make it accessible to our listeners who are visually impaired. The Tall City Elections 2019 podcast is a collaboration between the Recording Library of West Texas in the League of Women Voters. We want to thank all of our supporters for helping us make this possible. So joining us today in the studio is Robin Poole. She is a candidate running for City Council District 3. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you so much for having me. We're so glad that you're here. Thanks so much. So let's start out with some basic questions who are you? Where are you from? And, and why are you running for city council? Sure. Well, I'm a native Midlander.
0: I was born and raised here. And I've lived here for 35 of my almost 37 years. But I have three wonderful kids that we're raising here. And they range in ages from almost seven to almost 17. They all have birthdays in November. That is a little bit of, of my background here. And we're just very invested in this community. My husband and and I both, he moved here when he was seven, but we love Midland and we love the people here more than anything.
1: So. I love that. I I love Midland too. (laughs) You live in District 3. How long have you lived in that district?
0: We've lived, goodness, three years.
1: We bought our house, I think in 16. So three years. Okay. And why is it that you're running for for office. You said that you love Midland and you love the people. Right. But is there is there another is there something else that motivated you to want to run for city council? I've always loved
0: politics and since I was a little girl I wanted to run for office one day. It's been a, a dream of mine. And um, now that all of my kids are in school, my husband actually, whenever Charla decided that she wasn't going to run again, my husband's the one that really pushed me and said, I really think it's time for you to step out and do this. And I really feel that it's part of my responsibility and obligation to my family to serve my community. And I think it's a really exciting time in Midland right now. We're going through a lot of growing pains, but there's a lot of opportunity in front of us as well. And so I just think it's a really exciting time to
1: be involved in this process. Awesome. So what are some of your top priorities? If you were elected, What are your top priorities? Sure.
0: The top three priorities are affordable housing. And I think that affordable housing really affects so much holistically here in the city. It doesn't just affect the functions of the city council, but it also affects the teacher shortage. It affects the healthcare worker shortage, the general workforce in Midland shortage. If we can do something to alleviate the problem with affordable housing, it's going to affect the the city overall. After that, it would be public safety with the shortage in first responders. I think it's absolutely imperative that we are aggressive in our pay and our retention bonuses and things like that to make sure that we're recruiting officers, but that we're also investing in the officers and firefighters that we currently have, making them feel valued. And then infrastructure, of course, I believe is at the top of of that list. We need new roads. Of course, we've got the road bond that's addressing a lot of those things, but there's there's a lot more that needs to be addressed, and then um, just our sewer system and everything is aging rapidly, and with the population boom, the wear and tear just continues.
1: So we've we've got to get aggressive in planning for all of that. So you mentioned housing, safety, and infrastructure. Yes, is that ma'am. Correct? Mm-hmm. So what approach would you take in addressing housing?
0: Well, there's been a lot of talk especially during the debates, mayoral and city council about how the city council can involve itself and still maintain the free market system. And I do not believe that that the city needs to be in the home building business, but what I do believe is that we need to we need to facilitate a developer-friendly climate here that doesn't get in the way of the free market at all, but it provides an environment where where these developers that have these creative solutions and are willing to take that risk and bring those solutions to the city, they don't have to fear a council that's going to shoot it down because it's out-of-the-box thinking. There are several developers here in town with modular housing concepts that they're unique, but, but they would bring so many more houses and homes to the community that if we can get more houses on the ground, that's going to increase the supply and it's going to drive down the prices, making make housing a lot more affordable. And some of these options, the simple model that's been put out there, those homes are or they're not homes, but um, those apartments are around $750 a month. And those complexes can be built in as little as nine months. So that would be a really quick turnaround and offer a lot of homes to people that that um, are currently without or, or struggling to find somewhere that they can actually afford to pay for.
1: So District 3 is is kind of landlocked, right? It is. So how does the housing crisis affect District 3? Um, because there's not a lot of room to build more right. actually there. does it Does it affect District 3? And if so, how?
0: I think District 3 really is already built out as much as it can be. There may be some room in the southern parts of District Three, in the industrial parts along Front, that could be regentrified, maybe, and some of these these complexes could be looked at developing in that area. But as a city council member, you work with the council to address the issues of the city overall. And so, I think while I do serve the con- or if elected, I will be serving the constituents of my specific district. I also have to be looking at the city as a whole and working with the council to address the issues
1: for Midland in general. Right. If you could change one thing in our zoning code, what would it be and why? Or do you have any do you have any thoughts about zoning in Midland in general?
0: Well, I do think that we need to expedite um, our plan process, and um, I know that the city has already brought in outside engineering firms that can that can look at some of those plan reviews to expedite that process. And I think that's a that's a great thing, and that's something that I've talked about since I started my campaign is doing something of that nature and I think that looking at other municipalities that aren't experiencing the kind of growth that we are right now and they have a little bit more time we could also look to them to outsource our plan review to them as well and then I would also look to um to bringing these things forward to the to the directly to the city council and that would alleviate a 30 to 60 day period that that things are kind of getting held back. Um, if that goes before the council, they can approve that and get get things started a lot quicker.
1: Thank you. So the next priority you mentioned <clears throat> was safety, public safety. We have a shortage right now on police officers and um, firemen. How do you plan on addressing this issue?
0: Well, I do think that affordable housing comes into play, and I think if 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 officers and and uh, firefighters were able to live here affordably, we could get them to stick around a little bit longer. Um, in talking with with the fire department and the police department, but mainly the fire department, they have um, a good amount of firemen that are currently commuting back and forth from Lubbock, and. You know, that's just that's too far. We don't want our our officers and our firemen to be living in other cities. We want them here invested in this community. And I think that one of the things that that we could do is look at providing longevity bonuses, much like the private sector does um, at 5, 10 and 15 years. And one of the ways that we could pay for that, at least in the short term, is we could use, there's about $3 million that's already allocated in the budget for positions that aren't currently being filled. And so we could use that $3 million to pay for those bonuses now, and that would give us time as a council to sit down, prioritize this as an immediate action item, and develop a long-term funding plan for those bonuses in the future. I think it's imperative that, that we give our officers and our, our firemen something to look forward to, and, and they see that we're investing in them in the long term.
1: Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts about improving public safety in light of our recent events with the mass shooting? There's been a lot of concern about that and public safety. Oh, sure. Do you have any just thoughts or feelings in general? Well, first and foremost, my heart goes out to the victims
0: and their families for having to endure such a tragedy. I'm thankful for our law enforcement here in Midland and Odessa. I think that they handled things beautifully. And I think that the thing that we need to focus on as a city is is staffing our police and fire and making sure that they have everything they need from manpower to equipment to communication. We need to make sure that we're sitting down, that we're talking with them, and we're figuring out what it is that they need. And they can relay to us what's working, what's not working. And we have to be open to change. We have to be open to adapting to our current changing environment. I think the environment of the nation as a whole is changing due to just due to an increase in, in violence and things like that. And and now that it's actually come here to our community, we, we have to face that head on. And so I think communication is key in sitting down with the police department, with the fire department and saying, what can we do? What can we do better? What do you need? And then taking the steps to actually get there.
1: Thank you. So your third priority is infrastructure, specifically in District 3. What about the infrastructure would you improve first or would you want to see change?
0: Sure. Well, in District 3, I think as far as infrastructure goes, infrastructure affects the whole city. Mm -hmm. Um, District 3 is the heart of Midland. And honestly, there's a lot of old roads in District 3 that are in need of repair and the current bond has has taken care of some of that and I know that you know upcoming repairs will address some more of those streets and you know future bonds will as well so I know that roads are a huge concern anytime I talk to to citizens in District 3 they want their roads fixed they want to be able to drive without hitting potholes and you know blowing out tires mm-hmm. and so definitely the roads and as as far as um, any of the other infrastructure you know the sewer water that affects the whole city and and I definitely think we need to be looking at a lear- a long-term
1: plan for replacement there so what are your thoughts about <clears throat> improving parks within the city within your district is that does that is that on your priority list
0: well I I absolutely do think that we need to have beautiful green spaces. I'm a mom, and so parks are are important to my livelihood, honestly. My kids and I spend a lot of time at the parks. And so I think through public-private partnerships, a lot of our parks have gotten updated and are just wonderful. But due to there being so many people here in town, the wear and tear on the parks, it increases the need for repairs and um, just replacement of just different playground equipment it just it just um, wears out a lot quicker just because of of wear and tear it's not necessarily that it's it's old at this point it's just it it receives a lot of wear and tear so I do think that we need to be on top of those things I do think that you know as far as priorities are concerned parks have their their place on that list right now and as a council we have so many issues that are facing us it's very important to sit down and prioritize those issues and address them accordingly but i do think that that maintaining the parks and improving them you know at the right time is definitely
1: necessary okay let me ask your opinion on this there's been some talk we and we've asked we have asked other candidates about this. There's been some talk about Wi-Fi, uh, mm-hmm. making Wi-Fi available for the entire city. Some right. are for that, some are not for that. What What is your opinion about free Wi-Fi? I don't necessarily believe that's the city's function to provide that. Fair enough. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you answered. <laughs> if you are elected... How do you plan to involve residents in the decision-making process of Midland? Sure. I believe it's
0: absolutely imperative that we that we make ourselves available to the public and to the the residents of our district as well as our city. And so that's one of the values that Whenever I decided to run and and put my name out there, that is one of the things that I said that I would do, that I would commit to serving and making myself available to the citizens to offer their insight into, into what they feel the issues are addressing our city. And um, one of the ways that I'm, I'm really excited about this this idea is if I'm elected, I would like to form... a a district advisory committee. And I would take two people from each precinct within the district and they would be my advisory committee. And I would meet with them probably about every six months or so. And they would serve kind of as a sounding board. I could talk to them about what's going on. I could bounce ideas off of them. And they would in turn be able to tell me that's not going to fly this is not a priority for the people, or hey, that's a really great idea. And then um, in the same regard during those meetings, they would be able to tell me what they're seeing within the district then their specific neighborhoods. District 3, well, all of the districts are very large and I'm just one person, and so I can't be everywhere and have eyes and ears in every single neighborhood. So this is a way to involve people that actually live in the different neighborhoods where they can actually have a voice. That's the first time I've heard that. That's very creative. I'm really excited about that, and I hope that if I'm elected and do that, that maybe some of the other council members would take – that idea and incorporate it into their district as well right and
1: and you implementing that would not keep other citizens from coming to you and talking to you absolutely but it would just put a responsibility on the people in each precinct to communicate with you yes i like that so much thank you very cool okay so there has been recent talk about building a new senior center in midland have you heard about that at all a little bit yes ma'am okay so so what are your thoughts about it
0: well i do think that that is something that the city definitely needs to look at and like i said earlier prioritize and and look into my mother um, she passed away two years ago but before that we moved her into an assisted living or it actually, it was an independent living home, and that was a, a huge struggle was her going from living her life, being able to do what she wanted, and then going into a situation like that and not really being able to drive anymore, not being able to do all the things that she wanted to do and have community mm-hmm. and activity. She didn't have work anymore, and she struggled um, to find her place. And it was a struggle for us as her family to be able to be all those things to her. She needed a place that she could go and and be around her peers. And so I absolutely think that community at every level of life is important. And so I would love to see Midland at a place where we're able to do that and provide that for the seniors so that they're able to to really have somewhere that they can go and
1: have community together. Thank you. Sorry, I have a lot of a lot of good thoughts about what you just said about community, but it's not pertinent to the political conversation. I, I think just, it is though. Okay? <laughs> It is. It absolutely just, is. I love, I love, I love your heart for community. Mm-hmm. I think that I do think that that is important. And I think it's important for anyone who wants to run for office and serve the city that sure. they have a heart for community. The fact that you pointed out that it is important in every stage of our lives is just key. And I think that in our in our society, we, we have become so individualistic and right. so it's so easy for us to to isolate. And mm-hmm. it's so easy for us to think about <laughs> our own needs rather than the needs of the whole and right. the needs of, of the city. I just, I really think that I love, I love your heart for community. Well, thank and so you. I'm glad that you shared that. Um, specifically, as you're talking about the, the, senior, the senior citizens, a lot of the listeners that we have, um, a lot of them are senior citizens and a lot of them are They have visual impairments and they're at home alone and they they experience loneliness and they don't get to experience community. And so I think I I have a heart for community Mm -hmm. in general. And so just hearing that that is on your heart and in your vision as you are seeking to serve the city, I think that's important.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the driving factors for me is having grown up in Midland and Growing up in the community that was here in the 80s and the 90s, I know that we can't ever go back to that. But I think that there's a misconception that we cannot have that sense of community and pride with the kind of growth that we're experiencing. And I don't believe that. I think those things can coexist, but it's going to take people
1: going into the community and talking about those things. Mm -hmm. And so. So you as a. If you were elected and you became a city council member, obviously <coughs> the, the the money and the the projects that y'all put in place and like all of the practical side of being a city council right. is important. But I think that casting <coughs> that vision um, for community is important too. Do you plan on meshing the two at all? or And if so,
0: how? absolutely i think that you have to mesh those things together and i think that it's easy to get caught up in well this is the role of the city council these are the parameters we operate in and we don't we don't step out of bounds and i think that we're doing the citizens a disservice having that mindset i think that honestly i think that that the citizens look to leadership to the city council to the mayor regardless of what their actual parameters are they're looking to the leadership to like you said cast a vision and to to keep them abreast of what's going on and and offer ideas and solutions and hope to some of these challenges that citizens feel are insurmountable mm-hmm. they're they're not insurmountable but we have to have somebody out there talking to them and explaining to them, no, look, this is what we can do. And this is where we're going to invest the money. And this is why. I think that a lot of people would truly understand where their money is going and and trust could be restored again if we had more open communication. So,
1: Awesome. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. What are your thoughts about sanitation and recycling in the city? Well, that's a tough question. I've spoken with Doreen Womack
0: uh, with Keep Midland Beautiful, and I've also received several emails from citizens that are concerned about the recycling program. I do believe if we're going to be a top 100 city or a world-class city or Any one of those things that that we're saying that Midland needs to be, I think that we absolutely have to be able to offer a recycling program. I don't know enough about developing that kind of program to really speak on how I would handle that right now, but I do know that we need to be able to have those conversations and I would hope that we are at least able to continue the program that that we have now with Butts Recycling and that we would be able to continue to provide that option for, for the citizens here that do want to recycle and do want to have that responsibility. I would hate to see that taken away from them because it's a passion and they feel that it is it is their responsibility to the city and to the environment, and and I absolutely believe we need to to be able to come up with a plan at some point to where we can offer some kind of program.
1: Thank you, and I appreciate your transparency in that in that answer of saying, you know, I don't necessarily know, but we need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very respectable. So a lot of our our listeners, the people within our community that we serve here at the Recording Library, they rely heavily on public transportation. Mm-hmm. They have brought concerns to us about public transportation. A lot of a lot of our listeners are stuck waiting right. at um, bus stops, and there are there's inadequate covering for them, and especially the ones who are visually impaired. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for them to. Um, to have a place where they can wait and be protected sure. from the climate or from people or, or dogs, but they also have a hard time getting to and from work. It takes them a good um, one to three hours to get to, and then one to three hours to get from. Oh work. wow! Um, and so it's just, it makes the quality of of living it brings it down just a little bit because it's wasted there. Right. Anyways. That was a long explanation, (laughs) but we we hear a lot of concerns about public transportation. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about public transportation at all and how to improve it? Well, I I think that affordable housing
0: will come into play just due to being able to have a fully staffed Easy Rider staff and drivers for those for those buses and things. I think that if we're able to offer affordable housing and, and people can afford to live here and work here, we can keep those positions filled, hopefully, to where those um, those bus routes will be will be more efficient because we have more drivers
1: on the ground. Thank you. Yeah. I'm hoping that that change will happen. I hope too. so. so. Because um, it really is, it is a, an issue, and um, we have conversations with them a lot, and mm-hmm. we're, we are writing letters, and we're trying to be, you know, proactive. Right. But, um, thank you. So, are there any specific things that you would want to implement when it comes to infrastructure? Yes, I do. I do have an idea
0: that the council has not tried at this point, but I think it's definitely worth looking into. And that would be to lobby the Texas uh, state legislature for a 1% increase in the hotel motel tax. And then we could use that that extra 1% and designate that for infrastructure projects in and around visitor venues like the sports complex or the convention center. Hotel motel tax is paid by visitors to the city. And although I love our economy and the the people that it brings to town, those visitors are responsible for a lot of the wear and tear that the city has on streets and sewer and so using hotel motel to fund some of those projects would be a way to alleviate the burden off of the taxpayers there have been a host of other cities that have already gone to the legislature Corpus Christi El Paso Nacogdoches, just to name a few, they have already lobbied uh, the Texas state legislature to change the law concerning the hotel motel tax to fund specific projects that, that are unique to their communities. And I think that that Midland could do the same.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Sure. Okay. So what are some of your favorite places to, or where are some of your favorite places to hang out in Midland?
0: With my kids. It would definitely be the parks, mm-hmm. at least my my youngest. He likes to spend a lot of time there. We, we really are a house full of homebodies, and so <laughs> we like to hang out and entertain at our home. And then uh, we really like to spend some time downtown. We love the downtown area. We live pretty close to downtown, and so we like to go to Friday night dinner at Cancun Grill. We're really excited for Centennial Park to be finished. Mm -hmm. Um, It's my understanding that one of the um, restaurants or caterers, I can't remember, downtown, they're going to offer a picnic service down there in the park. And so you can call ahead and say, I'm bringing my family and they'll get a picnic basket ready for you wow and so i think that's going to be a lot of fun um so i'm looking forward to being able to go to dinner and then walk across the street and spend some time at the park there and as far as any other place really the movies of course it's always big for my kids and friday night football games and things like that but
1: Mm -hmm. friday night football (laughs) (laughs) That kind of brings me to another question. Are you have you taken a public stance on the on the school bond? No, I haven't taken a public stance at this point.
0: There is a lot of information concerning the bond because it is so large. I do think that as a community, it's time to invest in our schools and invest in our school system. You know, I went to high school here and Lee High School, back in 2000, was in desperate need of repair. (laughs) And so my mom graduated from Lee High School. I mean, it's been here Mm -hmm. forever. And so I definitely think that it is time to address the secondary schools. And right now, I, I really am just trying to to look into all the ins and outs of the bond, but I'm in, I'm encouraged, and I'm encouraged by what I'm hearing in the community as well. I think that it's it's being received in that spirit
1: of it's time we do something. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be a lot of momentum and mm-hmm. energy right now in Midland because of because of the elections, because right. of the bond. And yes. How do you envision working with the rest of City Council and the Mayor, whoever he may be? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you envision those relationships, and, and the communication there? I know that, I think everyone, everyone running for city council is like forty-two and younger, mm-hmm. something right now, right? Is it? I'm not quite sure of the ages, but I know. Anyways, it's young, right? And it's so a little the younger. face of city council, right, is getting younger. And there, I think that y'all are bringing a lot of energy to it. What are your thoughts about working with the mayor and working with each other? Do you have any concerns or what are you looking forward to?
0: I'm just really excited about it, honestly. As I've said over and over on different issues, I believe communication is key. I have a communications degree, so I'm not scared of having tough conversations, and I think there's a way to do that with grace. And I look forward to talking to each of the council members. I've spoken to several of them already and had conversations and and just finding out really how they have currently been working together and what they hope to see with the future council and just talking to them about their specific areas that they're responsible for and how I can help with that and where where I can pick up the slack somewhere and how they will come into play in those areas. I think it's a really exciting time. I think there is a lot of of, of new energy <laughs> that's that's going to be on the council. And I think from what I've heard, I'm just really excited because I feel like everybody that's running is – is going to be able to to bring some kind of energy if elected and hopefully just just work together
1: and and get things rolling. Yeah. So before we wrap up, why would you encourage people to vote for you?
0: Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I know that we are all native midlanders that are running in district 3. I think that I offer a little bit of a different perspective because I am a mother and I am invested in this community on another level. I don't just want Midland to succeed and become the greatest version of itself because of of my needs, but I have three kids here that that have very real needs currently and in the future. This is where my husband and I will retire and I really want my kids to want to visit here and possibly move back here and raise their families here. And Midland has so much to offer. And the people, like I said, just can't be beat here. And so I just feel that this is such an exciting time for the city. And we've got to make sure that we're doing things the right way in order to to create this city that... That people continue to want to come to and raise their families in.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. thank you for joining us on the show. Absolutely. We wish you the best. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining us for Tall City Elections, a presentation of the League of Women Voters
1: and the Recording Library of West Texas.